0: You know, we've been looking at 2020 vision and I said, you know, as a pastor, I didn't feel like God was taking us to a place necessarily. But that he was he was he was going to talk about our hearts. He was going to talk about our relationship. But I felt like rather than we're going to accomplish this or we're going to do that, that God was drawing us to a place of what I what I call genuine faith. Where when people meet us, they recognize there's something unique about us where they don't wonder why we went to church on Sunday by the way we're acting today. When they see us or when they hear us even after church, they realize that we've been in the presence of God and they recognize that there's something you know, there's something compelling about genuine faith. There's something about people who have an authentic understanding. I'm telling you, when, if you're passionate enough about something, you can get people to follow you. I tell people that all the time. If you've got enough passion, if you've got enough authenticity, if you've got enough drive about something, people will follow you. And when you're authentic in your relationship with God, it draws, Scripture calls us a peculiar people, strange people, aliens sometimes is what it's used, but we're peculiar in the sense that people want to know why. Like, why do you react the way you do? Why do you talk? Or why do you walk? Or why do you act? Or why do you respond the way you respond? That's called authentic faith. In this series, we've looked at the reality that God has done some remarkable things in our lives, and we cannot forget what god has done sometimes we got to make reminders remember the stones we got to have reminders of what god has done but then we look at the reality that we can't just always look back at what god has done because god wants to do something today and he wants to do something tomorrow and so we got to look forward to where god's taking us we look at the reality of our relationship with god the one thing that has hindered our relationship with god is this word sin we have to be real about sin. Sin is anything that separates you from your father. Sin is any place where you say, I am more important than God. And because of sin, man and God were separated. And so if we're going to have authentic faith, we've got to deal with the reality of sin that, that, the, that, the, that God provided the redemption for through his son, Jesus Christ. We looked at then authentic religion. There was the, the religious leader that was talking to Jesus and he said, what must I do, God? To inherit eternal life. And, and God said, You must what? Love the Lord your God with all and love your neighbor as yourself, basically. So we spent some time talking about loving God and, and loving people. And then last week we, we looked at the reality of not just loving God, but trusting God. Yeah, they should go together, but, but how do we live in, in, in genuine trust where we're willing to do, we're willing to go? We talked about David. Remember, he was surrounded. His son betrayed him. His They were trying to kill him, take his kingdom, take everything. But he cried out because he knew who his rock and his salvation were in. This morning, I want to continue this, this journey on authentic faith. And I think we're starting to get to some of the, the outward evidences of faith. Some ways where this faith kind of bears witness in your life. Some places where... This, this faith kind of starts to reveal itself in your actions and in what you're, what you're saying and doing. And there's been a word that's kind of been stirring in my heart. You know, sometimes you get a thought and you can't get it out of your brain. This word's just been stirring in my heart. If you turn, uh, at the end of December of last year, we preached a sermon about grace, and there was a verse in 1 Peter chapter 4 that we kind of looked at. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4 today, but there's one particular word in this verse that God really has been drawing me to, that I want to look at today together. I'm going to pray, God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your truth, and I thank you for what you're accomplishing in us and through us. I thank you, God, that we're growing in relationship, that we're growing in understanding, that we're, we're doing our, our part, God, to love you with all, and I pray this morning that as we talked about trusting you, we can trust you, God. Help us in this day, God, to have ears to hear what you're speaking. Help our hearts to be inclined to you, God. Take every thought that is not your thought and remove it from this place. God, help us to hear. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds this day to receive the word that you intend. God, as a pastor, I I yield myself to you. I ask that I could just be a servant of your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Peter chapter 4. Says above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so. Uh, with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, the power forever. Amen. This sounds like authentic faith. I mean, these verses sound pretty good of what my life should reflect. But there's one word, it's in verse 10, if you'll see it. Each of you, you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And this word stewards or the word stewardship has really been inside of me. Like, what is God saying? We are faithful stewards of God's grace. What is a steward? What is stewardship? Like, what is it? Marian Rupster, I mean, the office, stewardship. The office duties, obligations of a steward. Well, that doesn't help me. So the second definition, the conducting, supervising, or managing of something especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Now, I want you to read that. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. This morning, I want to look at stewardship. I want to look at the idea of stewardship. It's funny, in churches, when we start to talk about stewardship... People are expecting, like, the church's finances are bad, so we're going to ask for money. Like, that's typically what we associate stewardship with. And I think that we've limited stewardship to a point that God did not intend. Stewardship, the reality of stewardship is that we are doing what? We are, we are carefully managing something that's been entrusted to us. In 1 Peter, he talked about God has trusted you with various forms of grace. How are you stewarding? You know, the, the way, the simplest definition Pastor Steve could come up with, how am I using what God has given me? That's stewardship. God, how am I, how am I using what God has given me? Now, he's given me grace. He's given me grace abundantly. We talked... In December, we called it grace upon grace that God desires to pour out in our lives. But but God has given us grace, various forms of grace that in this particular portion of Scripture, he talks about hospitality and service and and, and those kind of things. The the forms of God's grace that he's revealed in your life, how are you doing with them? You know, the picture that we have today, I try to think of a modern-day equivalent. We don't see stewards, you know what I mean? Like, what's a steward? Well, I'm going on a flight tomorrow i I got to go to Dallas for a convention or a conference. And so we have these ladies typically. I'm sorry, I'm going to be, you know, genderly not nice right now if that works. Typically it's a woman at the, at the plane and we call her a what? A stewardess. What's her job? Her job is to make sure she uses the resources of the airline to make me happy. Right? She's not giving me her coffee. She's taking what the airline has given her. And she's managing it responsibly so that I'm a content person at 6 o'clock in the morning when I get on the plane. Here's some coffee, here's a pillow, here's a blanket, shut up, go to sleep, and we'll be in Dallas in a couple hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, faithful stewards of what God has, has given us. How are you using what God has given you? You know, sometimes I think that we don't recognize, we don't realize, we don't stop, we don't think about all that God's given us. And sometimes I think that we get to a place that we take for granted the things that God has done, the various demonstrations of His grace that He's revealed in your life, the reality that you become a new creation in Christ Jesus, the reality that you are now living, forgiven, and have hope that's in Jesus Christ, the reality that He's given you a gift of hospitality or a gift of giving or a gift of uh, of joy, whatever it might be, a gift of administration, then we let these things kind of just sit there on the shelf. This morning I hope that you understand God has given you something. I hope that as we look at the Word of God you'll recognize that God has given you something. And because God has given you something there's responsible care that you have with what he's given you. He, the scripture, uh, we'll, we'll read it in a little bit. I guess I should just go there. I mean, this isn't going to surprise anyone. Matthew chapter 25. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and he did what? He entrusted his wealth with them. You know, sometimes I think we think about the parable of the talents and we say that he gave them. Now this says he entrusted them his wealth. You know, last week we talked about trusting God, but this week I think I I want you to recognize that God is trusting you too. You don't just trust God, but God is trusting you with what he's given you. He's trusting you with what is his. He's trusting you with what he's put in your life. God trusts you. Yeah, we trust him because he's the source of it all. But listen, God has trusted you. He called on his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. The one he gave five bags of gold to another, two bags, and to another one bag, and each of them according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. See, he's seeing what they did with what they trusted with them. He trusted them with something. He's coming back to say, hey, how'd you do? I've given you this. What? What? Holding them to an account. After a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. To so the man who had received five bags of gold, he brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master said, or replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold came also. or also came, Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. And his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit. We got that taken care of with the bankers so that when I returned uh, I would have received back with interest. Received it back with interest. So the bag of gold from take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has been given more they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We've heard these verses and, and, you know, it's this whole idea that, that the master trusted them with something. And some people took what the master gave them and they reproduced. Some people took what the master gave them and they were fruitful. Some people took what the master had entrusted them with. Now realize, who's getting the five bags? He entrusted you with five bags of gold, right? So if you go and sow five bags of gold, who's getting the extra five bags? The Master is. Right? It's for the Master's glory. You know, I think sometimes we read this and we think, well, he got five bags of gold. Well, he got ten bags of gold. But what he, what he initially received, the Master said, I'm going to trust you with this. Here's five, here's five bags of gold. And that person took what the Master had given... And invested or, or he, he saw a return on that. And we get to the one who, 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 who we see that, 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 that they didn't do anything. They buried it and they just let it sit and, and the master was upset. Why? I don't think it was because there wasn't more gold. It was because he took for granted what the master trusted him with. It was because... He hid what God or what the Master had given him in the ground and just said, hey, if, as, long as, I, as long as I can get by. I mean, you'll cut my face off if I lose this bag of gold. You're a hard man. I've watched you. You plant your seed somewhere you're not supposed to. You reparvest places you're not supposed to. If I screw this thing up, so I just hid it. You know, in your life, I want to tell you, God has entrusted you with much. I want you to to see, I want you to recognize, I want you to to realize, I believe God desires you to understand He has trusted you with much. How much has God trusted you with? Genesis chapter 1. God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food, and all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. It was so. What has God trusted you with? I mean, every, every animal, right? Every seed-bearing thing. every every. He says in Genesis what he, he, he's pointing out. God said, I, I trust you with all that is, all that you see. God's trusted you with it. What else has, has God trusted you with? I'm a parent. Psalm chapter 123. Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. God has trusted me. I'll tell you what. That first time we were in a hospital, C-section, they said Avery was alive. I'm like, whoa, this is not real. Because suddenly my life wasn't the same anymore. Like as long as she was in Tam's stomach, it didn't change a thing. But when I held my child, do you know who you're, you ever said that? Not about yourself, but maybe about someone else. Do you know who you just gave that kid to, God? You know, as a father, God has entrusted me with four children. I want to be a good steward of what God's given me. I want to do my very best with what God has given me. You know, He gave us all that is. He gave us, He gave us our children. You know, First Corinthians chapter four, this is an interesting one. First Corinthians chapter four. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of students. Stewards, stewards, if they be found faithful. You are a steward of what? God has entrusted in you what? The mysteries of God. What does that mean? The reality of Jesus Christ, the various forms of grace that we've talked about from 1 Peter. God has entrusted you with that. With the truth. That, that sin is forgiven because of what was done by Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago with the reality that, that the curse of sin is broken, that we're no longer identified by our sin, but we've been made right with Jesus Christ. With the promise that he sent a counselor and an advocate who will indwell his children, who will give them power to be witnesses on high. God God trusts us with the reality that he, he reveals his grace in various ways. That's, that's gifts to serve. That's gifts to speak. He's called some to be prophets, pastors, and evangelists. He's called others to offer hospitality. He's called us to do all these things. He's trusted us with this. We're a part of the body of Christ. How does that make sense at all? Like he says, like, we're a part of this body that everything grows up into the head that is Jesus Christ. And I I sit here and I wonder, what does that all mean? You know, the scale of this world and the scale, you know, sometimes when I travel, it's, it's more revealed. When I went to Florida, I realized how many people there truly were. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I can get how God can be God for, like, Crawford. It makes sense. But then you go to Orlando or you go to Florida and you drive and there's, like, 5 million people or 8 million people around you and you wonder how all this works together and how God can be in control of all this and and all these things that make your mind explode. But God loves each one of them as much as He loves me. And I wonder how that can happen. That's the mysteries of God that He's trusted me with. How are you doing with what God has given you? How are you doing with all that God has given? You know, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I have to be brought to the reality that all that I have is really His. You know, my family, it's His. My children are children of the Most High. My life. I laid it down when I accepted Jesus Christ and when I said that I want to do whatever you want, when I said that I want to be a new creation in Him. My finances, my wealth, whatever it might be, it's His. 1 Timothy chapter 6. says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. That's like being a steward. That's kingdom living. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, love it. Guard what has been entrusted to your care. Paul writes in Timothy these words, but I speak that to you this morning. Guard what God has entrusted to your care. Now think about that for a second. The, the one who, who spoke everything into existence right before he said, you can have every seed-bearing plant and, and every animal that has breath in it. The God who spoke all these things into existence. The God that that, that is, was, and always will be has entrusted. He's entrusted you with stuff. Guard it. Be a responsible manager of what God has given you. That's called stewardship. What's God given you? Well, I'll tell you one thing he's given me that the enemy wants to take all the time is my time. Are you a good steward of your time? It says in, in, in Ephesians chapter three, be very careful then not how, or be very, very 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 careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. God has trusted you with this time. He's given you this day. What are you doing with it? He's given you tomorrow. How will you manage it? He's trusted you with time. He's trusted you with talents. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. That's the mysteries of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are, you are God's handiwork. Created. In Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you for us to do. And I want to say, you are the handiwork of God. And God made you how He made you in order to do good works. That means if, if this is what the Scripture says, and I'm going to tell you this we believe in the Word of God, and we believe that the Word of God is true in this church. And we're not changing the Word of God, and we're not going off the Word of God. Sorry that's a tangent because of a lot that's going on in our society today. But we believe this is the Word of God. And if it's in His Word, it's true. And He says that you are the handiwork handiwork of god and he says that he created you to do good works that means you've got some talent don't tell me what you don't got you hear what i'm saying so often we bury our talent because it's not as much as someone else or we're afraid of what's going to happen god has given you talent you are the very handiwork of god stop telling yourself something else You are the handiwork of God, and He made you to do good works. He made you to do good things. Don't limit what God has decided you were created for. I'm going to say that again because I think someone needs to hear it. You are the handiwork of God. Stop telling yourself you can't, and start telling yourself you can. Start doing what God made. He made you to do very good things. Start doing those things in His kingdom. He's given you time, He's given you talent, and He's given you treasures. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Do not store up for yourselves. This is in Matthew chapter 6. Treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths, And vermin do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. How are you doing with what God's given you? How are you doing with your time? How are you doing with your talents? How are you doing with your treasures? Because I want to tell you, you're the steward of of the King of Kings. Jesus said that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus, that we're a part of the kingdom of God. And by being in that kingdom, the king has trusted you with much. How are you doing with what the king has trusted? You know, sometimes I think we just lose sight of whose it is. You know? Like, if I borrow something from Walt, I'm going to be pretty attentive to taking care of that thing. You know, if it's mine, I might just leave it outside in the rain and not think twice. But because it's someone else's, I'm going to be a responsible manager of what they've entrusted me with. Casey, come here this morning. It ain't going to be a weird service, okay? I just got to tell you that. I didn't get the board's approval for this, so um, anyway, I want... There might be more people than there are dollars. I want you to give everybody $5 from the church right now. I went to church and pastor gave me money. That doesn't make sense. As Casey's passing that out, now, I mean, we talked about talents. It ain't a bag of gold, I'm sorry, this morning. I only have 50 so we might run out if we run out. I owe you. But that five dollars this morning is not from Pastor Steve. I don't want you to think that. That five dollars, I, I this is a simple stewardship illustration in my mind. That five dollars is his. God's the Lord of it all. Okay, that five dollars I believe is God's. And I believe that this morning He wants you to take that, and and I think we could take five dollars and we could say, now what can I do with five bucks? I mean I can't even buy a Coke and a candy bar at the gas station with five bucks. Don't think about what you cannot do. But I want you to dream a little bit about what you can do. I want you to start thinking about what that five dollars can mean. Like potentially how. If I've been trusted, I'm entrusting you with this. I'm not asking questions. I'm not checking where you're going with it. I'm not going to follow up with you if you don't tell me. I want to know. I, I, I want you to do God's work with that money, it's His, and I'm trusting you with it. Now, I, I I I didn't have a lot of faith. I I was going to do bigger bills, and I thought the board might get upset with me this day. So I did the bills that I could. The board would have been fine, but that was my concern. That was a flesh thing. There's five dollars. Stop and think. What can I use this? Like, let's do that. Like, how can I use this? I'm not going to tell you how. I'm not going to tell you what. But I want you to consider how, if we trust you, if God's trusted you with this $5, how can you use it? Now I want you to take that $5 and put it in your pocket. Put it in your billfold. Put it in your wallet. I don't care. Get rid of it. No, I'm not kidding. Put it in your pocket. I'm trusting you with it. You know, $5, the value is predefined. We know what it's worth. We know what it means. And we know that the government says it's worth this certain quantity and I can buy these certain assets with it. And you know, you stopped and thought about what you could do with $5. Now I want you to think about yourself. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about your time, your talents, your treasures. I want you to think about the things that God has trusted you with apart from $5 that Pastor gave me this morning. I want you to think about how valuable your life truly is, how valuable your words truly are, how how impactful your actions can and will be, how gifts The gifts that God has given you when He made you unique. When you were fearfully and wonderfully made. When God created you as His handiwork and said, Man, there's some great purposes that are coming through this life. And He was excited as He was creating you. And He saw the things that you would accomplish. And God was anxious to entrust you with everything to accomplish that. Think about it more than you thought about the five dollars. That's stewardship. You guys can come forward. You know, if we're going to have genuine faith, if we're going to live with authenticity before others, we have to be great stewards of what God has given us. Don't lose sight of what he's given. Don't forget about what God trusted you with. Don't let anyone else tell you how little or how much he gave you. And know for yourself what the King of kings and Lord of lords entrusted you. you be a faithful steward of what God's given you. Timothy, put your name in that blank. Greg or Joe or Mike or Walt. Guard what has been entrusted to your care. Because I can assure you that what God has given you is bigger than your life. What God has given you is not defined by this world. is not limited by this reality. But what God has given you is eternal. It's an eternal price. It's an eternal payment. It's an eternal value that, that we cannot even quantify. What are you doing with what God has given you? Father, I come to you this morning. And God, just like we all stopped and thought, what can I I do with this five dollars? God, I pray that this morning we can stop and think, what can I do with this life you've entrusted me?" What can I do, God, with the time that you've given me? How can I responsibly use, God, every talent that you poured out in me? How can I be a wise steward, God, of every gift? that You've given me. My life, my family, my treasures, my thoughts, my attitudes. God, I desire to be a good steward of what You've given me. God, I pray in this room, God, that that we would be wise, that we would be understanding. Holy Spirit, you are the one who is the counselor and advocate, is what the Scriptures say. You can show and reveal to us, even in this moment, God, if when we look in the mirror we see something other than what you see, God, help us to see ourselves the way you see us. When we read scriptures that say, you are the handiwork of God, we say, yeah, I'm some kind of work. I don't know about a handiwork, God. I pray you would take captive that thought. I take captive the argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. For the one in this room that would say, I'm not good enough, or God forgot to give, I pray, God, that they would see what you've done and how valuable you see their life. that God, we would be wise stewards of what you've given us. That God, when we stand before you, you will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God, hear this day. Here in these moments, help us to see and know. Help us to recognize and realize. And help us to be the best that we can possibly be. Help us to do the best that we can do with what you've given us. In Jesus' name. may I ask Walt and Carrie to lead us in a chorus. And just as they do, I, I just encourage you to think, how can God... Use me? How can I be used by the King of Kings? What has God given me that He desires me to use in the kingdom? What has He trusted me with that I need to to, to engage? What what good thing has He created me for that, that I'm the handiwork to make this happen? And commit to Him, not to Pastor. Commit to Him this day that I will be a good student. That I will do my best. You know, I know my King. This is the difference between me and that third guy. I know my king enough that even if I took that gold bag and and I lost it all, if he knew my heart was to reproduce, he'd give me more. Let me tell you that. God's not judging you on your failures. He's not judging you. He's not looking to, to kick you out of the kingdom. God desires his very best in your life. That's your God. I hope you can see how much God has trusted you I hope you can recognize how much God has given you. And I challenge you to be a good steward of what he's given. Amen? The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face toward you and grant you his peace. And may you do well with what the Master's given. Be blessed.